Hey everyone, welcome back to the arena. I'm MD, joined here by Kobe, and once again, an awesome guest that we can't wait to get into. Before any of that, we'll just continue to show love and appreciation to those who show it back. What's up, everyone? We've got another awesome guest that I'm very excited to have a conversation with. Uh, this is Wade. Wade, I may get your last name wrong. Critides? Critides, yeah, it's Greek. Critides, Greek. I, I knew, okay, we got two <laughs> Greek. We got two Greeks here. That's right. Um, Wade is was formerly formerly working in the corporate world, which he'll get into, and then kind of has now branched out and uh, is more of uh, living an entrepreneurial lifestyle, if you will. So um, we're very excited to have this conversation. Uh, and without further ado, Wade, why don't you just provide a background on kind of who you are, your journey of kind of how you got to where you are today? Like, who is Wade? Yeah, yeah. Before I do that, I just want to say I'm grateful to be here with you guys, and I'm grateful that you started this platform and and because i know like anyone i have my own podcast and with anything right it all starts as an idea in our head like let's start a podcast and i also love that we're now on kind of like nickname basis md and covey i love it <laughs> i saw the emails coming through and it's matt and the instagrams but md and covey okay cool and we got the greek connection but you know it started as a, a an idea in your head but it it takes a lot to go from idea in the shower to sitting here with the mics you got the men in the arena sign in the back and all the things so i got to give you guys a lot of props and i know this is i think you said episode number 33 so relatively early on in the podcast but adding a ton of value so far already and i love what we talked about before a lot of it's just sticking with it get to 100 get to 500 get to a thousand and where will men in the arena be on his thousandth episode that's pretty cool to think about but love your what you guys are doing and uh, a chance to connect with you guys. And I love that you said right before we hit record, it was like, let's have some fun. And that's what that's it's all my, about, That's right? my favorite thing. I mean, that, that's what this is, for me at least. And so, wait, like, talk to us just like how you got to where you are today. Like, you're, you've probably had quite the journey and I'm, I kinda wanna hear a little bit more about it. Yeah, yeah, so story mode, I, I love stories. I think, I think, you know, storytelling is definitely a skill I've realized, especially in entrepreneurship and business and sales and dating and everything, right? How can you get a message across through story where there's some strategy, some tactical, some tools, some tips, but like in story mode. And so, gosh, my story starts out I'll, I'll, from childhood. I mean, I think as you guys know, especially in the mental health space, a lot of things stem from our experience in our childhood and that imprint period. And I had a good, I had love in my family. Like my parents loved me. We didn't have a lot financially. So I was in kind of lack mindset growing up and that really affected me and it's still, I'm, I'm 34 years old today. It's some, and I've made honestly millions of dollars in different careers in, in, in corporate America and in entrepreneurship, not in a year, I'm talking overall. I'm, I still gotta go for a million a year, but um, I'm, I'm working on it, it's close. And what I've realized is I'm still working through those kind of scarcity financial blocks from childhood, but we didn't grow up a lot. So that drove me as a kid because it was like, I was trying to protect my family and not spend a lot and pinch pennies and all the things, even as a kid growing up, I won't get the extra guac for $2, all the things. And it was like, all right, I got to make money because that's the key to fulfillment and happiness, I guess, because that's what I was missing. And okay, look around, Who, who's making money? Businessmen, all right, I got, I got to go to business school. I always loved sports and football. I'm like, all right, let me get a scholarship to business school and go into business and become a businessman and then the rest will be history, all will be well. So I put my head down, you know, did enough to get the, enough grades to get into business school. I went to Bentley University in the Boston area and I played football, I got a scholarship, I did all the right things, right? And I ended up getting my master's degree in finance 
while playing and I got out I'm like okay I better use this this finance degree I interned on Wall Street before that and I looked around and I think I always looked around and looked like whose life do I respect and, and would would want to live that life and I'm on Wall Street and I'm interning I'm like gosh I don't I don't know if this is it for me like these guys have a lot of money but and I'm generalizing I'm not talking about everyone on Wall Street right but like the people that I saw I was like they don't have a lot of time freedom they don't get to spend a lot of time with their family they seem actually honestly kind of stressed out like I don't know if I want to put those hundred hour weeks in and go on Wall Street so I did the Wall Street thing kind of in Boston it's a little bit of a lighter version and I was like all right when I make six figures everything will be gravy right all, all will be well and I put my head down I climbed the corporate ladder and I got to a point actually pretty early in my career where I was a VP for my finance firm and I was making that you know six-figure salary living in the kind of the penthouse downtown and I had the sports car and all the things and I've always been a happy guy, so I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't that, that person who absolutely hated my job and was depressed or anything like that. But I was like, huh, I started to get that bug, that itch inside. Like, I feel like I'm made for more than this, than my current circumstances. I feel like, I don't know if I'm meant to be at a desk with working on someone else's business, on their dream, kind of just moving stuff around, moving money around, doing a thing. I learned a lot. I'm so grateful for my corporate experience. But I knew it wasn't for me in the long run. I think our generation, you know, all of us sitting here and probably a lot of people listening, it's different than our parents. It's different than go, you know, get the job, work at the company for decades, retire in your 60s. And that's just what it is. Like our generation isn't as accepting of that. It's like, no, what do I want to wake up and do? What am I passionate about? Am I making an impact? Am I helping the world or am I just working to pay my bills? Like I realized I was just working to pay my bills and I was working to pay large bills. And I was kind of in that trap, that rat race, like I was making a lot, but I was paying a lot in taxes. I was spending a lot. And at the end of the year, I'm like, what do I have to show for this? And a mentor asked me, she was like, if you keep doing what you're doing, where will you be in five years? And are you okay with that? And I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm kind of so caught up in the day to day, which is so easy to get into. I'm not even totally sure. I mean, I guess I could project that out. Let me think I'll have a better title. I'll have a better salary. I'll probably have better things, but I'll generally be in the same spot. I might have more in my bank account. I'll generally be in the same spot, same level of fulfillment, going to a job. Someone else tells me when to be there, how much vacation I get, not necessarily fulfilled doing it, not feeling like I'm making an impact. And that hunch I had of like, you're made for more than this. Like go do the thing, go follow the idea, go start the podcast, go start the business, whatever it is, it's just going to grow. And if I ignore that, what life does is it, it first whispers at you, right? It's like, hey, get healthy, or hey, start the business, or hey, start the podcast, until you ignore it long enough, or hey, fix your relationship, communicate better, whatever it is. Eventually, it turns into a scream, right, with autoimmune disease, or sickness, or divorce, or your business fails, or you're depressed in your career, and you're 10 years in, and you feel pigeonholed, whatever it is, right? If life whispers first. So life started to whisper at me, and I started to pay attention, and I started to think, okay, I want freedom. I, I, okay, I got to become an entrepreneur. I moved to Orange County and I saw people's lives I really respected and wanted. They owned their own businesses. They had equity. They were entrepreneurs. So then my mind shifted to how do I get into entrepreneurship and where it all started was right here. I just started listening to podcasts, free value, free interviews, free insight into people doing what I had, what I was looking to do. So that's kind of my long story longer, my, my background before I kind of segued into what I'll call, I guess, lifestyle entrepreneurship. 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot there, Wade. Uh, thanks for all of uh, that background. Um, you know, it was interesting how you talked about climbing the corporate ladder, you were in the penthouse making your six figs, had a sports car, and yet you longed for what you described as more. Mm -hmm. And then you talked about like an emptiness or uh, not having maximum fulfillment. So what, is that, what does that exactly mean to you when you say, I have all of these things, but I still want more? It's not from a place of like materialistic selfishness, mm -hmm. but there's like, there's like an emptiness still. Walk us through the difference. Like, what were you exactly feeling when you allude to wanting more? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, I'll fast forward to today and then I'll backtrack to like what I was thinking at that time. Today, I'm a father of two. I'm a girl dad. I got two girls. One's 21 months old and one's 10 weeks old. And I now get to wake up and design my day. And a lot of it's around, I, I love my wife, Sandy. I feel like I have a beautiful, I'm so blessed with a beautiful family and a happy family. So I get to wake up spend time with them, design my day, yet also build things. I think especially as men, we love building things and going after something and having a mission and I'm gonna come back to that. But I have this balance and <laughs> I have a newborn. So the balance is kind of a, it's, it's a temporary thing. I, or maybe when you get really older and you're wise, you have balance in your life. There's no balance if you wanna become an entrepreneur or a dad or start a podcast or work a side hustle alongside corporate. Like balance is, I don't even believe in work-life balance. I think it's life. I think it's life and you fit work that you love doing into it. But um, I kind of realize now I have that, that passion. I'm working on something I'm passionate about in entrepreneurship. I have my family that love. I think love is one of the most fulfilling things you can have, whether it's with a partner. If you extend that and you, you create, you know, you have a family and you have children, like that has been super fulfilling for me. But back then, what I was looking for and what I've realized, because now I'm in the people business, I coach and, and help hundreds of people, right? So thousands, I don't even know how many, honestly, but in their health and in business. I help people start businesses, I help people get healthier. What I realized what people want is growth. And what the human soul craves the most, and I think needs, mm -hmm. is growth, is growing towards something. It's not even achieving the thing, the six figures, right? The material thing, the whatever, the, the million dollars a year in your business, or you know whatever it is. It's going for it and growing towards it. I felt like in my career, like I knew, yeah, I could get a 7% raise. If I worked for the next three years, I'd become a director. There is growth there. But was I growing in ways I wanted to be and something I was passionate about? Was my soul growing or was I just doing that to keep up with the Joneses and keep getting the paycheck because that's what I thought, you know, America kind of funneled me into that. And I learned a lot from it. And I'm so grateful for it because it's helped me a lot today, but I was seeking growth. So I just started listening to the podcast. I started reading the books. I started asking people questions who were in a position that I, I kind of wanted to set myself up to be in. They were older and wiser than me and had more experience. And so I was craving to wake up and, and do something I was passionate about to make an impact. I'm a competitive person and I'm a business guy and a finance guy. Like I also think making money is great. And it's like business is kind of like sport. I love sports. And so I also realized I wanted to make money too and a lot of it. And I wanted to like, you know, from my childhood, build a financial barricade around my family because I didn't have that as a kid. So back to it, I realized it was growth for me. And what I've realized, I've done a lot of studying of, of men and masculine psychology and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And what I realized too with us guys, we need a mission. We need a mission in life. And it doesn't need to be our sole purpose, 
But a mission could be like, let's get to 100 episodes. I'm in the arena and we'll go from there. Or a mission could be like, I'm starting a side hustle this month. Or it could be like, I want to retire from my corporate career in the next one year, two years, five years, whatever it is. Or it's, I'm going to do an Iron Man. You know, it could be physical. Whatever it is, we need a mission to like wake up every day and move towards. And when you have a mission or something like that, you wake up inspired. I used to wake up and be like, I got to go to work. It's going to pay the bills. It's going to be fine. I'm a happy guy. Can't wait till I get off and can do CrossFit and then make dinner and then watch a Netflix show and do it all over again. Can't wait for the weekend. I was just like waiting for nights and weekends, right? Waiting for vacation. But now I get to wake up and I feel like I'm on, on a mission. I'm expanding yeah. my team across the world. And that's, that's really it for me. And that, that growth is like, you just described like this hamster wheel where you can grow your income, your career, your wealth, and the, the materialistic goods that you're accumulating, but you still felt you were lacking growth in other areas of your life that perhaps were more fulfilling. What, so, and there's so many people that need to hear this mm-hmm. um, or are probably already feeling this and this is only validating what they're feeling. What areas in your life did you feel like you were lacking growth in when you were Mm. focusing all of the growth efforts into wealth and career? Yeah, I started studying successful people and I define success like would I want their life when I'm 40, 50, however old they were. Would I, you know, would I want to work towards that? And I started to study and, and also in books, not even people I knew, just people whose lives I'm like, they seem to have a really good life. What do they do? And so when I think of successful people, I think of, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably making money. They're probably doing something they're passionate about, but in just overall life too, in their family and their health. And I realized there was like some concrete patterns. I realized most of these people were pretty damn healthy. We, we know when once, you know, when you're sick, all you care about is, is getting healthy. And so I'm like, all right, I'm fit. I've been an athlete my whole life, but I don't know a lot about health. I craved like understanding how can I optimize myself? I've, I felt like FOMO that I was like eating kind of like crap. I would have a two, 3 p.m. crash, whatever, at work at my desk. I'm like, am I leaving some of my potential on the table every single day because I'm not fueling myself with the right stuff? So I just became, got, had this insatiable appetite listening to health podcasts, right? And that opened up, opened up a whole world of entrepreneurs and other successful people and business minds. And like, I just started listening to podcasts. Shout out Sean Stevenson and the Model Health Show. He's one of my original mentors, started listening. He's a guy, I started a podcast, he's like, let me know when you get to episode 400, you can interview me. I'm like, I think I'm at like 300, I got 100 more to go. But, so at first it was health, and then I started to feel really good. And I'm like, whoa, I wanna wake up earlier. Instead of like just waking up, like grabbing something quick and running to work and being all stressed and cortisol dumping, I started to learn all these things. I got connected to a guy, Hal Elrod, and he's, he, he's famous for writing the book and kind of creating a, a system, um, the, um, the Miracle Morning. And it's a morning routine and it's like six things savers is the acronym but it's scribing or journaling it's a for affirmations uh you know speaking positivity in life over yourself it's v for visualization it's e for exercise r for reading and s for silence like meditation or prayer um so i'm like whoa this guy wakes up like an extra hour or so early before he normally does and does all these things and i started to do that and it was like jet fuel for my day so then all of a sudden you're growing as a person. Like my health was growing. I started to do these um, morning routines. And all of a sudden you have this magnetism about you where people start to see a shift in you. They're like, yo, whoa, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just doing all these things. And I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Um, so I just really started to success leaves clues. I started to study successful people. And what I was ultimately looking for was to feel really good day in, day out. 
and find like fulfillment and happiness through fulfillment because happiness can come and go it's fleeting as we know with mental health i think there's a deep inner happiness but what's fulfillment and so that led me into entrepreneurship and all sorts of things and i'm like okay i got to become an entrepreneur and then it was just taking the next steps towards that i hired a coach i got really far out of my comfort zone and <laughs> the rest is history but what i what, back to your question what i was really looking for it started in my health growth in my health it started with, really what it was, was growth in my mindset. I started to do mir these miracle mornings, morning routines. It started to set me up, prime my day. I started to listen to more Tony Robbins, read the books, do, listen to the podcast, do the things. I'm like, whoa, I, if I want to change my life, it's totally up to me. And just started kind of taking the steps to do so. So it's actually funny, uh, Wade. I wrote down one quote from your social media, and it was what you just said a couple minutes ago, which was, there should be no such thing as work-life balance. There should just be life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to ask you to elaborate on it. You already you already did that. Um, but maybe talk a little bit about, I think a lot of people, you know, it, it sounds great to leave corporate and pursue, you know, your passion or your dreams. But maybe talk about some of the challenges there. Like, was it difficult for you leaving the secure, having the security of, you know, a full-time job with insurance, all that other stuff? Mm -hmm. And just maybe some of the sacrifices that you had to make in order to make that leap. Oh yeah. So I worked in finance and you know, it's longer hours, a lot of security until there's not, right? You can be fired any day. Like but your security is in your work ethic and certain things, but there's a lot of things out of your control. But for me, I realized I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I moved to Orange County. I, I saw people's lives I wanted. They were dropping their daughters off at school. They would surf midday if they wanted. They would they had this freedom. I think people think they're, they want money, but what they really want is freedom. And money can create some of that. Money is a tool. I a quote from another one of my mentors, I think it was Rita Davenport. She said, money's not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. And this day and age, it's just a tool and a resource for us to live the life we want. And it's not absolutely mandatory necessary to have a ton of it, but like that's only going to help you, right? Um, but, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on where I was going with that. Money's not everything right there with auction. What was the question again? Just, you know, the some of the challenges of leaving. Oh, the challenges, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then right. the so there's a lot of security. Yeah, a lot of security in, the, in, in, in my job. But I realized, okay, to become an entrepreneur and I'm seeing these guys, I'm like, well, they all have equity. They have freedom over their time. They probably work harder than me. But it's for their thing, their dream, their equity, something they're passionate about. I got to become an entrepreneur. First step, model after someone. I was like, I got to hire a coach. I hired a business coach. Really cool story. I'm working on being concise. Let me tell it in a minute. I'm on a work trip from California to New York. And I'm flying back to into San Diego. And I'm listening to these podcasts, right? I'm Entrepreneurs on Fire, I think it was. And this guy, Nick Unsworth, comes on. And energy is everything. I heard a quote the other day. It says, energy is everything and everything is energy and it hit me i was like whoa because you realize what you put out there is what you receive and oftentimes multiplied um but i'm like i like this guy's energy even over a podcast i gotta look him up i look him up he's in san diego i'm, I'm flying into san diego i look him up he's doing an event this weekend i'm literally I, I land i call my wife i'm like babe i just just trust me on this i'm just going straight into this event she's like what you haven't been home in days i'm like just trust me i roll in in my business suit and right off you know the wall street meeting and he's like hey it's day three of three new face i haven't seen you and i'm like i just heard you on the podcast i just showed up he's like wow by the end of it he has his offer it's fifteen thousand dollars the coach with him and i 
you know, that that's a lot of money. But in that moment, I'm like, I'm in. Do I write you a check or like what do – he's like uh, – he didn't even have a way of taking payment right then there because I went up to the stage right after that and I said, I'm in. How do I pay you? And he's like, um, well, I'll have my team follow up and whatever. So anyways, hired him for six months. We were a few months from getting married. He, I'm like, teach me to become an entrepreneur. Help me start my own business. Through that, he's helped. I'm like, wait, you're a business coach and like life coach? Like what do you do? Like teach me to do what you do. And in this same time frame, I think when you are decided, when you feel it in your heart and you start moving towards it, the world kind of opens up for you. When you speak life over it, when you speak it out loud to people, when you start taking the steps, resources come to you. And when you're seeking something, it's seeking you. But God, the universe, whatever your faith system is, wants to see you decide and wants to see you committed to it. So I believe, saw me committed to it, resources start opening up. My wife basically gets connected to this health and wellness brand and she partners with, she's using, using the products like, partners with it comes to me basically like hey i want to start this as a business opportunity it's a health and wellness network marketing opportunity i usually don't drop the names on podcasts i'll leave some intrigue and everything um also so they just you know partnered with the brand i don't need them like meddling like you can't say this there's all sorts of compliance but anyways back to she's like is this smart let's take a look at this i love the products they're super effective they work and there's a business opportunity around it and that was my specialty right business and so i remember Look at this opportunity. I'm like, this is a turnkey entrepreneurship. You build it around your life. There's almost no startup costs. It's hundreds of dollars to start a business. Every business I've ever looked at and started with and helped people, it's hundreds or thousands or millions. I'm like, what? I'm like, you could be profitable on day one. You can leverage yourself. There's built in systems for success. There's mentorship. I start to meet some of her coaches and mentors. I'm like, you get this for free? Like, I just paid $15,000 for the same thing. So, I was looking for, I loved health and wellness. I, I was on my own health journey. I loved business. I loved people. I loved leadership, growing as a person. I realized my wife is starting this business that was health and wellness, was people, was business, was growth, was leadership, was leveraging yourself, was making an impact. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is everything I, I want. But it was like 85, 90% women. So I'm like, this is great, but it's for you. I've been a football player, Wall Street, finance my whole life, like all around guys. And I was frightened. I was like, I, I want this, but I can't do that. I can't go from like finance to this women dominated, you know, health and wellness network marketing opportunity. But I realized like, gosh, the reason I'm so scared to do this is the reason I got to do this. And it took me six months of watching her do it, helping her to take the leap. And that was five years ago. I will say I was working full-time in finance, getting back, back to your question, but 60 hours a week, and I would moonlight the passion project, right? This side hustle, this health and wellness business, partnered with my wife, where I would get off work, I might be able to get an hour workout in, or I might have to wake up at four or five to do that, and I would just do events, network, go meet people, launch people's businesses, whatever it took, right? It was just connecting with people. And it took us a year of really hard work, but I was focused and I knew where I was going. And I think when you have a vision that's crystal clear, you just wake up every day and run towards it. And that was it. And I was like, I want this to replace my finance income so I can leave that and we can just do this. And it took us a year and that's faster than most people, yes. Um, but I knew we knew what we wanted and it's just been amazing from there because I was able to kind of retire from finance. Uh, my wife, left business brokerage was what she was doing and she hated what she did with a passion and now we're you know we're five years in where we get to help people 
get healthier. We get to help people build and join community. We get to help people start a business and make it whatever they want to make it. Whether some people want to make an extra 500 a month, some want to make 50,000 a month. And I tell them it's an opportunity, it's not a job, anything's there for you, but you really just got to take the steps and there will be a leap of faith moment. There will be a, I'm on the cliff and I feel safe in my job and you just got to jump. And you got to leave. Like, <clears throat> and it yeah. sounds like fear served you as a catalyst. Um, you talked about the reasons I'm fearing going into this is the reason I need to do that. And I yeah. think that that phrase, that, that's a quote in of its own because fear in that moment serves as your catalyst to make that jump. And mm -hmm. probably outweighed a fear of leaving the VP level income. So talk mm -hmm. more about how fear has served you as, cat, as a catalyst like wow. in, in your life. Great question. Fear. You know, someone once said, fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is like this. I heard Kobe Bryant say, he goes, what is, what, what is, he said failure actually. He goes, failure isn't even real. It's only failure if you don't wake up tomorrow and keep going and learn from it. But I think fear does drive us and pain drives us as human beings. I realize one of my, <laughs> my wife makes fun of me for it, but like one of my biggest fears in life is just getting through life and getting to the end of my life. I'm 90. My great grandchild is on my lap asking, you know, great grandpa, like, tell me about your life. What did you do? And just thinking back and being like, wow, I didn't go for it. I didn't live into my potential. I didn't like take the risks, do the things. I just let fear kind of control my life. I stayed in the secure job, even though I didn't love it. Um, so I think the pain of the thought of that life and just living an average or mediocre life way outweighed the short-term pain of like the fear of the unknown, right? When you jump into entrepreneurship, it's unknown. When you start a podcast, it's unknown. Um, it outweighed that. And so I realized this is a vehicle that can get me there and it will be up to me and it's going to take work and it's going to take reps just like the gym. But Fear, fear and pain, I'd say pain, are a huge motivator and a huge catalyst. And so what was more painful for me? Staying in the same place and kind of living the average or a typical life that's always been my biggest fear. It's just average. Or is it the pain of like this unknown of starting a business and going for it and putting myself out there and all the things. And so that was huge, but you realize most people succumb to the fear. They let it take the driver's seat. There's this great quote on fear, and I, I don't know it, but where like, you banish fear from, from driving, from taking the wheel. You're like, I know you'll always be here. We'll always be scared. Elon Musk is still scared. Maybe not him. He's like a bionic man. But most people, Tony Robbins still gets scared probably sometimes. But he's like, I know you'll be here, but you're in the back seat. You're forbid from ever taking the driver's seat. But most people, we let fear kind of control our decisions so we stay secure and if you if you crave security it's like you can get security but by the end of your life you'll be like man i'm so glad i just had this secure life like that's not what you want so yeah that that kind of drove me the, the 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 fear of that life honestly i mean fear fears a really good thing as long as again to your point you don't let it dictate your decisions in in, in the in your kind of direction that you choose to go um, but it's obviously a, a very good motivator. Um, like what is, do you have anything you wish you had known sooner? Like looking back, is there something you wish you had done differently? Mm. Um, do you wish you would have taken, you know, this quote unquote leap of faith earlier in your life? Or do you kind of feel like everything transpired the way it did? Because, you know, if not everything happens for a reason, but like everything yeah. happened the way it did because it did. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great question. You know, there's ways of course, hindsight is 2020. Looking back now, I could have done things differently and 
maybe fast tracked a few things, but I, you know, I really believe all the failures, all the things it, it builds you into the person and the leader you need to be. I think if you are praying for strength and, and you believe in God, God's going to give, bring you to your knees and give you an opportunity to become strong. He's going to give you weakness, opportunity to become strong, right? So everything, every blow, every failure, you know, every misstep along the way is like building you into that person and building strength in you. So, I, you know, I, of course I wouldn't take anything back, but one thing I realize is I think the one shortcut to success is finding a mentor who's done what you're looking to do because they've failed a lot along the way to get to where they are. And they're going to be able to kind of coach and guide and teach you based on here's my failures, here's my wins, learn from them. You're going to go through some of them on your own, but you can kind of fast track there. That is like the one shortcut. So I wouldn't have necessarily done anything differently. I, what I would say is looking back, I became ungrateful for my corporate job. And it, it's funny how it all ended. That's a whole nother like podcast story, but I was writing my ticket out. I was leaving corporate America. I told them everyone knew we were finishing raising the fund. And I put this opportunity video for my entrepreneurial business on LinkedIn <laughs> or my wife did. I was in it. She's like, can you like it? And I liked it and it blew out to my whole network, Wall Street, investment bankers, everyone. In finance, you technically can't do like side hustles, like per my agreement. They were like, it's all good. You can do it. But then when it blew out to the whole network and our investors and everyone saw it, they're like, we literally have to fire you. I'm like, oh, wait, I was gonna quit like three months from now. And we all agreed on this. Like, we have to fire you today. Like, just turn in your computer. So it, that was my push off the cliff. And guess what? I was comfortable. I was like, I kept proposing these part time, and they kept accepting it. And I'm like, I was segueing out slowly but surely. Like in this perfect world, right? We just have this soft landing from exiting corporate it's into such, entrepreneurship. That's such a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah, it right. was. It, but you fall. And I was bruised along the way and I'm falling and I'm free falling. I'm like, how do I be an entrepreneur? The first day I'm, I go to my wife, I'm like, how do you be a, what do you do all day? Like, how do, what do I do? Like, I was so used to the corporate structure, but yeah, instead of me jumping off the cliff, I kind of got pushed off the cliff, which comes back to that jump. You got to take that leap. Um, <laughs> or it's like a push. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, you take a leap or you get pushed off the cliff, but I, I think I would be more grateful actually. I stopped, the second I stopped being grateful for my corporate job, within two weeks it was gone. I used to be like, I'm making two incomes, this is awesome, I'm growing here, I see the vision for it, I know I'm not gonna be long in corporate, and, as, and I'm like, this is awesome, I'm paying the bills and I'm making the extra money. As soon as I was like, man, I, I just don't like coming to work, like I'm so over this. Guess what? The universe, God delivered for me. Like, all right, here you go. It's gone. So stay grateful, stay growing, stay learning, stay focused on like that, that thing you want to replace your job if that's what you want it to be. And uh, eventually just take that leap. It's such, such rich perspective when you talk about if I want strength and I'm praying for strength and um, you receive, you know, challenges and things that are going to break you down and make you feel weak and get you down to your weakest and you know, I think naturally you might start to question like, why? If all I wanted yeah. to do was get stronger, why am I being met with so many challenges? Why am I? Why am I so down in my luck? Why are? Why is everything feeling against me? And really, it's just a simple tweak in perspective that these are just opportunities to build your strength and mm -hmm. um, build your resilience. You know, I, I coach sales in my career, and I always tell you know somebody in sales that you know when you have a, a down quarter or you have a setback and you have a slow week or a slow month. Embrace these as opportunities. Be grateful for this because 
that's how you build your resilience. That's how you build, you know, your, your process and your response to, to challenging times. And so it's just such a rich perspective that, um, as you kind of free fall off this cliff, really you're, you're using it as an opportunity and then your fear as a catalyst to ultimately be the one that, that propels you. I love that too, MD, like the men in the re- arena, it's about getting in the arena, right? You're going to be marred with dust and dirt and blood and all the things. And that's the experience. And that's the failure. And that's the hardship. And that's all the stuff that's building that resolve and that resilience. And back to like the, you know, a mental health theme, you know, it's mental health and depression and certain things like that are not things like I feel like I'm genetically wired and haven't really struggled with. But that's what I realized was beautiful about life. We all have our things. We all have our purposes, our gifts, our talents, our downfalls. And so I, I heard Ed Milet say this, but he's like, you are most equipped to help the person who you once were, right? Or me as an entrepreneur, like I'm most equipped to help me right before I started or someone who's dealing with depression right now, or you're down in the dumps, or you feel down in your luck, or you're not happy. Night is darkest right before dawn, right? And so that is that opportunity. And it's easy for me to speak from maybe, you know, I'm not depressed right now, but you're gonna be able to serve that person, right? Whatever your hardship is, you're gonna be able to work through it. And if and when you do, you're gonna be able to go serve someone. And that's what life is about, right? That's fulfillment, right? When you go serve, and you feel like you're working in, a, in your gift or your purpose or what you're meant to do, there, you know, there's probably a reason you feel the way you feel right now. And it's that opportunity to grow into that higher version of you and go, go serve those people where you can really make an impact. And, and when that happens, like, wh- how far can your ripple effect go? You help one person who's feeling like down in their mental health, what are they gonna go then do with that? I mean, yeah, that, that's a big reason you know, for me at least, why we started the show was because I had my own mental health struggles, and I wanted to then go and help others. And in, in with the idea of you help someone else, well, then now they're in a better mood or they're in a better mental state. They can help someone else that they know, and, and that ripple effect. And I also think to the to the earlier point on like challenges, I think we often don't even realize how strong we are until we're forced to deal with something. And then once you realize, like, wow, I actually I dealt with that. I worked through it you realize just how how much more capable we often give ourselves credit for. Um, and so that's why, like, for anything challenging that's happened in my life, I'm very grateful for it because that's where I've gained the most wisdom is during those dark times. Um, and I'm sure you can relate to that as well. I mean, maybe talk through your values and just maybe how they've evolved over time, you know, maybe from when you were in college to mm-hmm when you first started in uh, the corporate world to now? Yeah. Like, how have they changed over time, if at all? Gosh, that's a great question. I think growing up, you know, just me as a person, definitely e- ego, especially as a guy, and, and I'm generalizing, but ego drives a lot of things, right? Where I wanted to be the best. I want to be the best in sports, in football. I wanted to be the best, like get the best job. I want to make the most money, all the things. And it was ego driven, right? It was to serve me. And so I, in my you know, teens really into, into my twenties, let's say the decade of the 20 to 30, it was about me. And I'm like, wanting to live this epic life and make a lot of money and show it off and go out on the weekends and buy the bottles and the tables and have the car and the penthouse and the things. Right. And I did do that. And it feels, I guess, kind of cool temporarily, but there's not a whole lot of fulfillment in that. And I realize what I realize now, only, and I'm only 34. I'm in, the, in this, you know, the decade 30 to 40. 
is in entrepreneurship, I realize, you know, you're really a paid problem solver and it, the, you're paid more depending on the size of the solution that you have whether, or the size of solution to how many people, you, you know, you can help solve their problems, right? And so what I realized was fulfillment came, really came from impact. And I was like, I'm not really, I'm just making my own money, paying my own bills, like doing the things that I want to do. I was like, I want to share this one with a spouse and a partner and I want to have a family. I always knew I wanted to be a dad. So I started focusing on that in my late twenties. Um, and then also in entrepreneurship, I started focusing outward where I heard a quote, if, if you can help, I think Zig Ziglar, help enough people get what they want. You'll have everything you ever needed. And so I started, that became kind of my motto in entrepreneurship is like, I'll be very successful if I can help other people be successful. So let me just focus on them and their success and still focus on me. I find, uh, you know, as a guy and men in the arena, mental health, like you gotta be your priority. And I have kids, I have two young daughters, I have a loving wife. I'm still my priority and it sounds selfish, but I promise when I'm filling my cup, when I'm doing my morning routine, I'm reading, I'm meditating in the morning, I'm gratitude journaling, I'm going in the ice plunge, I'm getting in the sunshine, maybe getting a little movement in. I start my day so charged up and energized where I'm just like, giving. I just, I have this full cup, right? And so yes, focus on you and your personal growth and development. And, but then go focus outward, like have your cup runneth over and then go fill up other people's cups. Right. And so my values went from like me, 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 I want to be the best. I still want to be the best. I'm very competitive, but I know I can become the best, for example, in my business by helping a lot of people be successful. And so like, that's my mission, my goal. Like I help other people start businesses, get from like a scarcity mindset, like only one winner, maybe early on to an abundance mindset of like there, we can all help each other and win together. Yes. Yeah. Like we'll win together. Rising tides lifts all boats and I'll win. And I want to be number one still. There's not, that's not a bad thing. But if I pivot it from like, I want to climb up above other people to like, no, I want to raise everyone up. And by doing that, like I, I can be even better version of me. Right. So that's kind of been the big shift in core values hour. And it's still a work in progress. My ego is still ever present, but, um, and my, and our egos serve us. They, they definitely do. It's that competitive masculine battle field, like part of us men, right. Or masculinity, but it's like finding ways to, to use that for good and use that for impact and and grow towards the person you want to be really. It's interesting. You know, Most of the people that we've talked to, you know, whether they survived trauma, they, you know, overcame certain obstacles, they accomplished great triumph, um, they'll tend to, much like yourself, want to serve others. And it's interesting for me, I grew up in a Catholic raised household and the idea of serving others was more so, you know, an obligation versus a value that I could develop over time. And so serving Mm -hmm. others has always been something that was more innate to me growing up. It was just mm-hmm. something that was religiously, literally taught to me on a weekly basis. Sounds like serving others and creating a broadened impact for other people is a value of yours that maybe evolved or grew over time. And I'm just curious, like, why is it that as we become more successful and start to like feel things like gratitude, feel a cup getting filled in, in, in a fulfilling way, what is it that is driving us to, and this is an open question, just what is mm-hmm. it that drives us to want to bring that to other people? Why not just be selfish and continue to fill our cup? That's a great question. I think, I think because we realize success and the being selfish, like it only goes so far, like the car and the 
the apartment, the, the penthouse, and the, the, the buying the tables on the weekends. Like, it's just such short-term fulfillment. And I think as humans, we all innately know. Like, we feel it. We know giving to someone else or helping someone else feels better than helping ourselves probably, right? When, when you give or you help or someone falls in the street, like you, usually you run over to help pick them up. Like we love helping people. And, and it, you, you've probably heard it said, right? Giving can be one of the self, most selfish things, but in, in a good way, right? Um, because it makes us feel really good. And, and especially when you start to study those uber successful people, the Warren Buffetts, everyone, you know, if you've read any of their books, you realize there's a point where they're like, I, gosh, I made it, I gotta just give. How do I just give? And you know, it's funny what I've realized. I'm still working on it. But when you just go and give, you give your best stuff away for free, you, whatever that is, your programs, your content, your anything, that's when the abundance rolls in. When you just start start giving without any expectation in return, that's when you get it like multiplied. And so I don't know the exact answer. I don't even think I'm smart enough or wise enough yet. But I think we all know it. Like when we start focusing outward and giving, focusing on impact and what value we can add and create, then the th all the things we want come, come rushing and flooding in. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, speaking for myself, like, for me, it's more of like, I know what it's like to struggle with something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also know what it's like to have a, to be in a much better spot, you know, when I'm speaking about, I'm speaking about mental health. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to now bring others from where I was to where I know you can be because that feels it feels so much better for me um, and, and you you hit it on the head I was writing it down as you were saying it is I think there's a distinction like giving selfish and I think it, it, it can be when you're doing it when you're expecting for something in return like you're doing it for mm -hmm. some sort of like affirmation or you, you're doing it but if someone doesn't say thank you or they don't um, give you something in return, then you get petty or whatever it might be. But when we're giving and not expecting anything in return, I think that's that's true, like selflessness, and that that is what's given me fulfillment. Is I don't, you know, when I when I get a message that says like, oh, this was so helpful, or like, you know, you inspired me to this, like that that goes longer than any material item that I've ever purchased in my life could go. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like I want anything in return. Like I'm just genuinely happy that something I said sparked a change in someone or helped someone that because because you know what it's like to struggle with something mm -hmm. or you know so maybe it's some maybe it's not mental health for you but I'm sure maybe it's um, money for you. Like I grew up with in a household where we were we were you know upper middle class so I can't relate to the same mm -hmm. problems that you can. But I'm sure if you have someone that comes to you and says gosh, like I'm just, I'm really struggling, like I'm really struggling to make that extra buck or I can't pay my rent, whatever it might be, like you can relate to that person on a deeper level because mm -hmm. you know what it's like to be there. Also, mm -hmm. well, I think it's two things, right? It's like giving um, feels good and we, we naturally will want to do something that feels good, but I think the difference here is when you're giving from a place of, when you're stripped down to nothing but your your gratitude, right? When you when you feel overly grateful for the the things in life, when you live a fulfilled life, you know, it's we use a cup metaphor. It's you can't pour from an empty cup, but when you live a fulfilled life, that cup's overflowing. It's free. It's an abundance, and that's how you can give with a, with an abundance mentality. But when you're when you're attached to nothing else, but when you have that ego and you're attached to ego, that's probably what is incentivizing something in return, right? I 
I want to give, but only if I get something, you know, let's say like money in return, because I'm still attached to ego and status and the materialistic goals in my mind. And that's the only reason why we might give with an expectation for something in return or why we even give in the first place is because we're inclined to continue to find returns. Whereas this type of giving is different because we're just so grateful for life as is. And it's like, yeah, it feels good to give, but I also realize I don't need anything in return. I'm not attached to anything mm -hmm. left. And that's, and that's perhaps just like a, a heightened level of state of life, if you will. Oh my gosh. And MD in, in sales too, you know, I've had to learn, you know, you learn a lot in sales and being an entrepreneur, just naturally you have to, and you realize how important of a skill it is. And you realize too, there's a, this day and age, there's a lot of sales resistance, right? Everyone's selling things. You show up on social media or online, it's just, you're getting sold to, right? And so then you, we gravitate towards those people who give and who just add value and like, here's my best knowledge, here's my best tips, here's my best whatever, here's my system, here's it for free. Like you gravitate towards that and almost what I've realized I call it in my business like transformational versus transactional selling is transformational, I'm focused on them, I'm focused on the client, I'm focused on what do they want, what are their pain points, how can I help them. Transactional is like, I know this is gonna help them, I got good stuff, like how much am I gonna make, what are my profits, like just they're in more a number, right? And so. What I realize and what I focus on, like whether it's showing up online and content or social media is like give, 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 give. And pe people used to expect like, okay, they're going to sell me. Then it was like give the free webinar, then they're going to sell me. And now it's like almost transitioning to give, give, give. They're like, all right, he's about to sell me. Give. They're like when's it coming? Give again. And then eventually, yes, you have your sale, but almost to the point where they're asking like, what can I buy from this? He's added so much value to me, but yeah, giving does feel really good and it does provide such a multiplier and abundance of blessings. And I think, you know, people talk about legacy a lot, right? And what I've thought about recently is like our ripple effect every day is our legacy. Like every conversation, everyone you leave, if you leave them better off, that's a part of your legacy and people won't remember what you said, right? They'll remember how you made them feel. And so just even every day, how do you show up in the world? And that's where we come back to our own mental health and our own, whether it's a, for me, it's morning routine, whatever it is to fill your cup, you go out into the world. What's your ripple effect? What is that? Cause when it's good energy and you, you, you know, you improve someone's day or life, even if it's a hide to the barista at the coffee shop and a genuinely asking about them, like, that ripple is your legacy, I believe, culminated and compounded day after day for your entire life. And then there's, there's perhaps no more genuine form of giving than giving without the expectation of return. And when you can mm -hmm. genuinely give, you're genuinely valuable to other people. And the more valuable you are to other people, money comes to that just mm -hmm. as a function of being in this country with the economic system, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, yep. it's just like if you can just focus on giving from a genuine wholehearted place and instead of you know how do i spin this into a, a money grab it tends to just work out that way anyway and it sounds like that's what a lot of life coaches and business coaches and people in your shoes have been able to cultivate for themselves as they first come from a, a place of just genuine giving and mm -hmm. from that they build their values is that somewhat your experience oh. in this in this career hundred percent. And that's been my experience in my path in entrepreneurship. In the beginning, it was about me. I wanted to retire from corporate. I wanted to make, you know, a lot of money. I wanted to travel and do all the things. I still wanted all those things, but I had to flip my scripts to, I got to give, I got to help those other people be successful, hit their goals. And like you said, if I become valuable enough to enough other people, like as a result, I'll get everything I wanted. And so that has been 
of upfront journey for me in entrepreneurship and in my business and especially in something like network marketing right because a lot of people easy to get in it's easy to do it wrong it's harder to do it right it's hard to give it's hard to be transformational instead of transactional but that's been my focus and then that's now what my goal as a leader is to duplicate that right is to duplicate that focus that outward focus on other people but you guys nailed it what um what would you say to someone or just anyone in general that is feeling kind of stuck in life you know like they they don't they want to have goals but they don't know what goals to set mm -hmm. um they feel stuck in their they're unhappy with their job like what would you just say generally speaking and obviously yeah. it, it varies person yeah. to person but overall broader themes what would you say to someone i think when we feel stuck especially as, as a, a man, a man in the arena, right? One, we got to get into the arena. We got to get yeah. out of the stands in the arena, but that's the um, most important thing. <laughs> it's, it's usually a lack of clarity on, on a vision on that mission. So what I would say, like, it doesn't even have to be your life's purpose. I talk to a lot of guys who are like, I'm looking for my purpose. I'm like, that's great. Let's go on the journey to find it, but let's find a purpose. Let's find the next mission. Let's find the triathlon just because it's literally a goal you can set and you work towards and you start just once you know I'm doing a triathlon in January you just naturally have to start taking the steps right or I'm gonna start a business uh, by December like you start whatever it is right so I think it's first just getting crystal clear clarity on kinda what you want and setting a mission or a goal to just start working towards that it doesn't need to be the big main goal it's going to be like the next goal because then from there when we feel stuck it's really just about getting into activity right it's just moving movement is medicine in every which way your physiology how you feel how you look but just moving closer towards that life you want that goal you have that bigger purpose that that interim goal whatever it is i think it's getting clarity on what you want and setting that tangible mission and then just waking up every day and just small steps just small. We all want to take the giant leap towards the mission. It's just like, how can I get a little bit closer today? Is it the, the call? Is it whatever? Is it putting on a free event? Is it anything? Um, so clarity and then just movement. I, I mean, I'll just speak to, I think the movement piece is so critical. And this is where I have to shout out the, my co-host, Matt, because um, when it came to the podcast, you talked about it earlier, like we're having these thoughts. Like, shower thoughts if you will right the yeah, ideation yeah. phase if you will you know if not for matt i would still be taking that shower essentially yep. i would still be just like in my own head with the ideas and the vision was so damn clear at that point you can imagine i and that's maybe like who i am and like as i'm thinking through what month two is going to look like to month eight to just on trying to understand what the future looks like which is essentially impossible mm -hmm. that ends up being my own blocker meanwhile like next day i show up the boxes with microphones are already there like the table set up Matt's got our first three guests lined up so Heck it's yeah i think there's like a from an ideation you know you can have that clear vision but that movement is so important that's something i've learned mm -hmm. in my journey here just having this podcast is like I'm nowhere as far along in this journey without, you know, Matt's movement essentially pulling me along. So, mm -hmm. and that's something I know that he'll, you know, can attest to is just like, yeah. I'm a lot slower, <laughs> like less action oriented, but mm -hmm. maybe more methodical, sure, yeah, which, which is great. Thoughtful. And I maybe think... we offset each other yeah, in some yes. ways. Like that's kind of the hope is it's like PB and J or something along those lines. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I, mean, I want to drive that home. You need a vision and you need an integrator in any business, right? There's a bunch of entrepreneurship books on it. So it's like vision this is where we're going and making shit happen. And then like the integrator literally actually makes like creates the blueprint. Like, all right, here's the next step. What is month eight going to look like? So it's actually a beautiful thing. And I think in, in marriage too, like in my relationship, I'm, I'm similar to my wife, but I'm very different. And so it's like, whoa, it makes it causes for di- disagreements and all the things, but like it makes it more powerful together. So that's, that's actually epic that you guys are so different in that way. Cause I think it'll take you a long way. And I think it's a huge benefit. Yeah. I remember just, you know, applying it to other parts of my life, like ex relations, older relationships. And like, I was thinking in my head, like, you know, I, I need to, you know, this isn't for me. Like I need to break up with this person, but you know, I'd be comfortable, you know, life's actually okay. You know, it's, I'm, I'm content, I'm comfortable. And I would just never take that step. And it's yeah. like once I took that step and did it, I felt so liberated and like I just accomplished something. And it's like it's it's empowering. And just from, you know, listening to self help stuff, listening to a lot of podcasts like you do, like a recurring theme, especially from like entrepreneurs and, and leaders, is you learn along the way. Like of course there's mm-hmm. there's a level of method like you do need to be methodical and I think that's where MD yeah. helps out. Um but like you learn from your failures, and I'd read that. That's how I and that's how I've learned the most is through failing. Mm-hmm. Um, like we hired an intern, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But but I learned through that. I learned that we didn't. You know, there were certain things we didn't need. There are certain things we do need. Like that's how I've become accustomed to learning, especially when it's, when it's something that I'm really passionate about. You know, it's yeah. just like I just want to go, go, go. And again, that comes with pitfalls, of course, at, at times as well. Um, and, and we work on those things, but I, I Temdi's point, yeah, it's just like, I just want to run, run, run. And like, yeah, I'll fail you on the way. It's going to be up and down, but overall that's how we're going to get, that's how we're going to get up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like, I'm sure you, yeah. you've done, you've done the same thing. I mean, being an entrepreneur, you, you're, you're kind of forced to, you're, you're going to fail. Oh yeah. It's, it's that's it's, my it's, new motto. My new motto in anything in entrepreneurship is, is like just take imperfect action. If it's, if I wait for it to be perfect, I'll never get started. It's just like imperfect, messy action because I'm going to learn so much through that experience. And there is a time and a place, of course, for calculation and, and all sorts of things. But a lot of it is just like I have an idea. I just need to – what's the next step? What's the, Buy the mics. Okay. Yeah, get the first guess, whatever it is. And so I think MD2 to empower you, like you're probably the integrator, the, the blueprint, um, but it's also just like be okay too with taking the imperfect action and just figuring it out as you go because you'll look back a year from now and be like, oh, I'm so glad we did that versus waited and we learned from it and all the things. So it seems like you guys have a, an awesome team going on. Yeah, I mean, that's it's in so many other aspects of life. The more I think about it, the imperfect action, it, it'll never be perfect, so you'll never get started, you know, unless you take yep. the imperfect action. And I think that's something I need to get better at is even with like meal prepping for crying out loud, right? It's like I wanted mm-hmm. to have the perfect Tupperware set. I wanted to have the perfect meals for it. And I never started <laughs> meal prepping because of that, you know? And yeah. um, you just have to realize like you can start somewhere and refine it along the way. You know, you can see the potholes and still go through them. It's fine, you know? And mm-hmm. that's something that I, I, I've kind of learned from our conversation here is just reflecting that that's been a huge learning and, and, you know, full circle here, that learning has offered me some growth. Yeah. And confidence comes from taking action, right? And, and you know, I, I was just on the podcast today, Alex Ramosi said he, 
he moves seven times quicker than the average person because he makes a decision in a day that most decisions people would take a week to make. Mm-hmm. And that just compounds because he's com- he's done it before and he realizes that like he'll figure it out if it maybe isn't the right one. And so that was something that, you know, just listening today, that stuck with me. Um, all right, Wade, we've got three rapid fire questions to wrap up this conversation. First, just want to say thank you for having this conversation with us, for imparting just a ton of wisdom. Um, to both us and and our listeners, so we're really appreciative and grateful for you coming on here. The first yeah, question is, and I know this is going to be a good one for you because you've been dropping quotes left and right during this this conversation. But what is your either the best piece of advice you've ever been given, or just like your favorite quote? Mm. You know, my favorite quote. I have it up here on my wall, and I first heard it in Coach Carter, but it's a Marianne Williamson quote, and I'm going to read it, and you guys, I'm sure know it because. It's the Men in the Arena podcast, but our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's just like, it gives me chill to my bones every single oh, got, time. Yeah, that's, that's, that is awesome. There's our just... deepest fear, like, it's not that we're going to fall or we're inadequate. It's our, our power. And then as we step into the arena, start the podcast, start the business, our presence, like, automatically liberates others to do the same, which is it's, just epic. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. Um, next question: If you could have dinner with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh man, that's a really good one. We'll make it happen yeah. too. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had one person um, say they've already they've already had dinner. I forgot who the person was, but they said they've already done it, and I was like, wow. They've already done it. Wow. You know, I should have like an answer for this, and it really makes me think. <sighs> who would it be? why I don't know I don't know I think about people like super smart business people right or like someone like Tony Robbins like honestly it would probably be Tony Robbins just because I've listened to him a lot and I feel like I could gain so much wisdom from him and ask him so many questions but I think about too like what about my great-grandfather or different people in my lineage so that's a hard one for me. I think Tony Robbins is one, and someone in my lineage is another one. All right, you got, you got some homework. Answer. Yeah. You got some homework. Uh, I got homework. Right, the, the last one, just like what do you like to do in your free time, like hobbies? Yep. Oh, my I'm gosh. I spending love, time with your kids. Yeah, yeah, playing, playing with my family, spending time with my two daughters. I absolutely love it. And I, I just am super into fitness. I love CrossFit, and I love creating community. I just – this was a perfect example. I had an idea. I wanted to create a men's group out here in Denver. Sorry, the Mile High Tribe, it went from idea to event within a week. That imperfect action, it was not perfect at all. Now we've done a few of them. and So I love creating community, working out, hanging with my family. That's awesome. No, we've been thinking about a men's group. Someone else earlier, we had a different guest on a couple months ago at this point, a few months ago, and they had mentioned they had did, did a men's group um, out in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a super cool idea. Um, but anyway, yeah. th- thanks again, Wade. We're super appreciative. We're going to sign off here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. me.